0: You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, Episode 245. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Canters, speaker, coach, and founder of The C-Method, where I help high-performing professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching, group courses, and corporate training programs, visit thecmethod.com. Now, building communication skills, building powerful communication skills, requires a certain commitment to getting outside your comfort zone, which means facing your fear. And in all the work that I do with my clients and in my workshops and, and my teachings, we have a very strong focus on this, on on helping people to lean into their fear. And this could come up for you, um, you know, it might be speaking up in a meeting, maybe publishing an article online. It could be delivering a presentation, answering Q&A, speaking to senior level people. We, we encounter situations in life all the time that bring up feelings of anxiety, nervousness, and fear for us. And I'm a big believer in that we need to constantly practice getting out of our comfort zone in order to learn, in order to grow, in order to achieve things that we perhaps once thought were not possible. And to prove that this theory works, I like to set my own comfort challenges and report back to you here on the podcast to demonstrate that I too experience fear and anxiety and discomfort, and that I'm on my own learning journey. I'm not some superhuman, you know, who doesn't feel fear or I'm able to just do everything I set my mind to. It's, you know, with ease. It doesn't happen that way. So my intention with this podcast is, well, one of the intentions is to inspire you to think well, if Christina can do it, then maybe I can do it too. So if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you'll know that I've done things like stand-up comedy. I went busking, so that's street performing, on the street with my ukulele. I jumped out of a plane. So I've done a bunch of different things um, and shared my experiences on the podcast uh, and to, to share with you you know, what I was going through in terms of my, my mental pain and fear. And as you can see, your comfort challenge does not have to be restricted to the work context, right? Getting out of your comfort zone is getting out of your comfort zone. Um, but my my belief is that if you know if you can practice getting out of your comfort zone in any situation, in any context, that's then going to build your resilience and your comfort with being uncomfortable, right? Which will then help you in whatever it is that you're looking to achieve in life. And in the context of this podcast and the work that I do with my clients, it's around achieving impact and success in the workplace. So in this podcast, I'm going to share with you another one of these experiences that I had recently. And this is one of the biggest challenges I've ever taken on. And it was to complete a 10 day Vipassana silent meditation course and i've mentioned this before on the podcast and i'm sure some of you are like dying to hear how it went <laughs> how it went um and it's taken me a little bit to a little bit of time to distill my thoughts and really process everything that happened and i still don't think i've fully processed everything but i'm going to share with you in this episode what my experience was like i won't be uh, uh, so I won't be sharing all my lessons that I learned because there were so many and I, I am going to be leaving some of those for future episodes, okay? Um, so keep an ear out for that. Now, please note what I'm about to share is very personal and specific to me and my experience. Um, many people who do Vipassana or well, everyone who does a Vipassana experiences it differently, Okay, so I would actually recommend if you're planning on doing Vipassana in the near future, I would suggest maybe not even listening to this episode because I don't want to plant a preconceived idea in your head as to what it's like. Now, even if you are wanting to give it a go, of course, you know, if you want to listen, go ahead. But just a pre-warning that I don't want you to listen to this and then go, oh, that's exactly what it's like. That's how I'm going to experience it because it absolutely won't be. All right. So that is my, this is my experience. If you've never heard of Vipassana before, you're not sure what it's all about. Here's the premise. So for 10 days, you go and you live at a Dharma meditation center and you learn the Vipassana meditation technique and I'll go into that in a moment as to what that is. You observe noble silence during the 10 days. So no talking or communication with the other students. This includes no eye contact, no gesturing, no writing notes to each other. You can speak to the meditation teachers if you have questions about the technique. You speak to them in private um, and you can also speak to the, the manager You know if you have any issues with you know, your room or the food or or whatever, like general stuff. But you're absolutely not allowed to make any contact with the other participants. You're also not allowed to read or journal or write or listen to music or do yoga or any form of exercise apart from walking. And of course, phones and laptops are strictly banned. In fact, they confiscate all your devices at the start of the course and they return them to you at the end. Some of you are thinking already, that sounds like my idea of hell. (laughs) Now, uh, leading up to the course, and I do this whenever I set myself a big challenge, I told everyone that I was doing it. I announced it to my podcast listeners. I told my email subscribers. I announced it on Facebook to my Facebook friends and basically told everyone, That I met, what I was up to over the Christmas break, and I had I received numerous messages and responses from people wishing me luck, expressing how they could never do such a thing, asking how much asking how I could handle being silent. Um, So thanks everyone for your concern. (laughs) So anyway, Aaron drove me there on the day, and they take your phone and valuables when you register. You then go find your room. I was in a dorm with five other women and you get like a, a narrow, you get like a single bed in this narrow room with like enough space on the side, maybe for a yoga mat. Like that's how narrow it was. And um, you bring all your own bedding and like, you know, pillow and towel, doona, everything. And so I brought all my stuff in and I set it up and I had like my little alarm because you know, don't have a phone. Yeah, I had to go buy like a $2 alarm clock and it was so funny, like the other women in the dorm were like, do you know how to use one of these? Because we'd all bought these alarm clocks and we're trying to like use the dials at the back to set them because no, you know, everyone just uses their phone. Um, We were allowed to talk by the way on that first registration evening. So we were able to quickly, you know, maybe introduce ourselves to some people. Um, And then on that first night we We watched an introductory video and then we had our first meditation. And then the next morning was when it was, was when it properly started. Okay. So here's the schedule for the day. 4am, wake up bell. Some of you are already like, okay, definitely this is hell. (laughs) 4am, wake up. 4.30 to 6.30am, meditate. So two hours in the morning. 6.30 to 8, breakfast and rest. 8 till 11, meditate. 11 till 1, lunch and rest. 1 till 5 p.m., meditate. 5 till 6 p.m., you get a cup of tea and a banana. So no dinner. 6 till 7 p.m., meditate. Then from 7 till 8.30 p.m., we would watch a video of the teacher's discourse where they would talk about the technique and some of the Pain we might be going through at that moment in time, which was always very pertinent. Eight thirty till nine, we did a quick half hour meditation to round off the, the day, and then from nine to nine thirty, we go to bed. Repeat that for ten days. Now, before I left for this course, I had been telling people that it was a retreat. I was calling it a meditation retreat. Now, I discovered very quickly that this was not a retreat. A retreat to me is like a, a relaxing, you know, escape where you get to, you know, chill out and do some mindfulness practice, maybe do some yoga, do some things that are healthy for you, right? So you come back feeling rejuvenated and refreshed. This was a course or, or more like a, like a meditation boot camp. It was not meant to be easy. In fact, I thought of it like a military boot camp where like they break you, like they physically and mentally break you down so that they can build you back up again. It's meant to push you to your physical and mental limits. That's exactly what this course is like. And from what I've learned, for something truly transformational to happen, and this goes for sort of anything in life, oftentimes we have to endure the biggest challenges um, my neighbor actually, he um he moved in to our apartment building a couple of years ago and um I remember he introduced himself to me and I was like, oh, so, you know, what's your story? Like where have you moved from? And he told me how he – so he's a plumber and he'd been on the roof of a building and he'd fallen off the roof, fallen through the roof and he'd basically broken every bone in his body. Like he completely – he was very, very badly injured and he'd spent two years in bed – Living at his parents' place, just healing, trying to recover, and eventually, and finally, he was able to move out. In fact, he might be listening to this. Hi, Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> and um, I remember speaking with him, and he said that even though it was so painful and such a difficult and frustrating process for him, he said, "You know what? It's actually been the best thing that's ever happened to me." He said, "You know, I've done because I listen to a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of personal growth." And he said, and having that time in bed with nothing to do except read and listen to podcasts and watch videos and, and learn how to you know, motivate myself and and grow into you know, the person that I want to be, he said, that's actually been one of the best things that's ever happened. And I'm sure that you listening, um, you've had an experience or you know someone who's had an experience where they've gone through something really, really difficult, be it a health issue, or maybe um, you know mental health issues where they've really struggled um, but then they've come out of it the other side um, you know in a much better place or it's it's helped them to create that transformation this meditation course to me was was like that but I didn't realize this until much later in, in the course okay so for the first week so how did I go right The first, all right, so day two, I was thinking this, no, day one, I was thinking to myself, this is horrible. Why on earth did I sign up for this? In fact, why on earth would anyone sign up for this? Why are there people coming back to this? Because about a third of the course were um, quote, old students, you know, students who have done the course before, and they're back for a second or third or even, you know, 10th time. I was thinking, how are these people even here again? And I started to hate myself for signing up for this thing. I was like, this is the worst. I was bored. I was frustrated. My body was aching from all the sitting. You know, people ask me, how could you not talk for 10 days? The no talking was the easiest bit. It's not like I'm about to burst to talk. It's not like I'm I'm going. Oh, I must must talk, must talk. Can't hold it in. It wasn't like that at all. The hardest bit was sitting on my butt for ten to eleven hours a day, and for those 10 and a half hours sitting there with my eyes closed, trying to focus on one thing at a time. You know, for the first three days. Here's what you do. You sit and you focus on the sensation that your breath makes coming out of your nostrils and landing on your upper lip. That is all. You literally sit there for hours focusing on breath in and out, landing on your upper lip. The tedium <laughs> meant that I was I was a mess on the inside. My I I was my mind was screaming at me, and when it wasn't screaming at me, it was falling asleep. And I kept trying to not fall asleep and wake myself up with a start. I noticed my mind telling me, "Christina, you need to move." My knees, my knees were sore. My back was sore. My butt was sore, and I would think to myself. Oh, I'm not going to be able to walk after this. I'm going to have to crawl out of this meditation hall. But then at the end miraculously I would be able to just get up and walk out which was a bit I was like, "Oh, okay." Um but it all hurt. In fact my shoulder hurt. I was like, "Why is my shoulder hurting? I'm sitting down. This doesn't make sense." On day 2, I asked for a chair. They 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 um have these little chairs without legs, so it's like a back and a seat. And I asked for it, they give it to me. And then later on, they take it away from me and they say, oh, we weren't supposed to do that Um, and you need to take it up with the teacher. So I go and ask the teacher and the teacher says, do you have knee problems? I said, well, I do now, (laughs) having been at this course for two days. And she said, did you have knee problems before the course? And we actually take a vow of um, not being able to lie. You know, you're not allowed to lie on the course. So I said, okay, no, I didn't have knee problems before the course. And she said, okay, just try, just try without the chair. And I learned later that all the pain that we're in and all of these challenges were part of the a larger lesson being taught. But at the time I just thought, well, that's really mean, right? So there's there a lot of mental pain going on. And you know, I'd sit there in the silence and this was like a deathly silence. Like you could You know, people say you can hear a pin drop. You could literally, I could hear my neighbor's tummy rumbling. I could hear every single internal bodily movement that people were making. That's how quiet it was. And I would like like, like slit my eye open a little bit and like furtively glance around the room and everyone's there like perfectly still, like a statue, seemingly in complete peace. And I would like, I think to myself, how is no one else in pain? Am I the only one going through this? Is anyone else's back hurting? Like no one's, no one's shifting around. Like no one seems to be in pain. What's wrong with me? Am I doing it right? Again, another lesson to be learned that I will address in a future episode. <laughs> um. So I put up with the pain. I put up with the sore back. And on day two, on day two, I was I'd, at the end of day two, I would I would be exhausted, and I'd pull myself back to my bedroom, and I would think to myself oh my God, I still have eight days to go. And then on day three, I would exhaustedly pull myself back to my bedroom and I think, oh, I still have seven days to go. And it just seemed like so far away, so long. Because here's the thing, when you have zero distractions, when you are 100% focused in the moment, purely focusing on one thing, Time goes by incredibly slowly, incredibly. And this is something that I would actually like to bring more of into my day-to-day life because you know how normally we think, oh, time flies, right? Oh, there's never enough time, never enough time. It's because we're rushing around all the time with all these distractions and so many things going on we've got our phones and our laptops and people making calls and then we're driving at the same time while we're and we're trying to you know walk you know walk through the train station and check our email like we're doing all this stuff at the same time when you take all of that away and you just sit and you're observing your breath, man, time really slows down <laughs> so here I was stuck in this vortex of stillness and and snail-paced time for a whole week. For the first week, to be honest with you, I was completely miserable. Completely miserable. And in fact, on day three, I contemplated leaving. Well, I contemplated what would happen if I left. I was toying with the idea. I thought, okay, what's going to happen if I leave? I'm going to have to call Aaron. He's going to pick me up. And then I thought, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back to work? I'll go back to my business and do work. And I was like, I don't really want to do that because I, you know, as much as I love my business, I'd sort of decided that I was finished for the year. You know, when you mentally check out, I was like, well, I'm not, I don't want to do that. And then I thought, but I don't want to sit around and watch TV either. And then I thought, I thought of you. I thought of you, Rockstar, all my podcast listeners. I thought, I have told everyone that I'm doing a 10-day meditation course. If I leave on day 3, what am I going to say to everyone? Oh, the shame. And my my mind started to eat away at me going, "Christina, how shameful. If you leave, you're going to be a failure. Everyone's going to think that you're a failure and that you're you can't do things that you set your mind to." And this is you want to show people that you can do stuff. Oh man. Our minds can be cruel to us. Of course, by day 10, I realized that if I had left on day three, there would have been no shame, no shame at all because by day 10, I had developed enough compassion and love for myself that I realized, you know what, if I'd left on day three, that would have actually been a great lesson for my podcast listeners to show people that, hey, I fail at things and that's okay I'm human, just like you. I'm not perfect. Look, I said I was going to do something and it didn't work out, but you know what? I'm okay with that. But the irony is, Rockstar, the irony is is that it took me 10 days to learn that. If I had left on day three, I would have been in so much pain that I would not have been able to have that compassion for myself, to forgive myself, to be okay with it, to see that there's no shame in leaving. It took, took me 10 days to learn that. So anyway, it was my competitive, uh, my competitive side and also my, my fear of disappointing others and fear of failure, which, you know, maybe not the best reason for it, but that's what kept me there. I'll be completely honest with you. That's what kept me there. I was like, I'm going to stick this out. I'm going to do it. I don't care how hard it is. I'm damn well going to do it. That's pretty much what kept me there. So I stayed. And I stayed, I stayed, and I kept on doing it one day at a time. And I decided to, in that first seven days, I did shift my mindset. I had to remind myself, Christina, you chose this. No one's forcing you to be here. You decided that you would sign up. You were excited to come here. And I remember I thought back to where I was in November and October thinking, oh, only like, you know, six weeks to Vipassana. I was literally counting down the weeks. And I thought to myself, why, why are you, you know, complaining internally so much now? <laughs> just, just stop stop your complaining and just, just be with it and just trust that it's going to get better. And I had to force myself to think that, like, just trust it'll get easier. Of course, it's going to be hard at the start. It's going to be, it's going to be okay. So, oh, by the way, this is one reason why they don't want you to talk to the other participants. Because can you imagine, like, everyone all at once just complaining to each other? Because that's what it all would be. Like, oh, this is so hard. This is horrible. Uh, I want to go home. Do you want to go home? Yeah, let's go home. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a ride home if you want. You know, that's how it would happen. So and And it's also so important that you know this journey is a very individual journey, and it's it's an internal journey, and people need to experience it for themselves. um So again, I reiterate that this was my particular experience, but it's gonna be very different to yours. You might be Zen from day one, in which case, great. You may not be Zen at all. For me, I had what I call my my epiphany. On day seven and it was it was from a lesson that we learned from one of the videos the evening discourse teacher videos and I realized I'm gonna go into more detail um, on this in a future episode but essentially I realized that I was creating my own misery I realized Christina no one here not even the the circumstance this place the people nothing here is the meditation nothing here is making you miserable except yourself and when as soon as i realized this i thought oh i i can actually choose to not be miserable miserable right now and with that i'm not going to say i became like super happy you know i wasn't you know skipping around the the grounds but i felt this weight lift off me and i felt much more at peace and content with where I was at. And for the next few days, even though it didn't get any easier in terms of the meditation, like I was still in physical pain. I was still getting really bored in the meditation sessions. I was still trying not to doze off, but I wasn't, in a, I wasn't experiencing a deep level of, of unhappiness. And so by the time I left on day 10, I was, I was, I was like floating on a cloud. I was like, I was super Zen and I was tingly all over. It's interesting when you focus on nothing but your own sensations on your body. Oh, I didn't mention this before. So uh, for three days, you focus on your breath from day four onwards, you then expand that focus of awareness and you focus, you do like a body scan where you start at the top of your head and you scan through your body and feel the different sensations. So whether it's a, it could be like a cool breeze, it could be pins and needles, it could be itchiness, it could be, you know, numbness. And I felt that when my feet went numb, but what it's about is it's about um, observing those sensations and not reacting to them. So if I feel pain in my knee, instead of going, oh, my knee hurts, it's horrible, I wish my knee wasn't in pain, I just go, I'm observing pain in my knee. If you have a cool breeze on your cheek, you don't go, oh, that breeze is so nice, I wish it would stay, oh, where did it go? No, come back. That's Because that's also a reaction. You just go, cool breeze on my cheek. And you just notice it, and then you notice how it comes up, and then it passes. Again, There's a a lot in there that I won't go into in this episode, um, but will in future ones. Um, And then finally on day 10, the silence actually lifts um, at about 11am and you're allowed to talk to your participants, which was super fun because it was so nice to be able to speak to people um, at the end because you feel like you know someone, you've been living with them for, you know, nine days and you, you know what they look like, you know, they're Bathroom habits, you know all of their their outfits that they wear, but you actually know nothing about them. So that was really lovely to be able to to, to speak with them. Um. So the aftermath coming back, um, what happened with me, and I have heard that the other people have this as well, is that you you come back and it does take time to readjust back to normal life, as you can imagine. Um, I was very sensitive to everything, so sounds were extra loud. Um, I noticed all sorts of sensations on my, you know, on my body, on my skin. Touching my phone was weird. Like I was, I was like, really. It was like I was, you know, like tripping out, looking at my phone, going, "Ooh, look at those buttons!" And typing on my laptop, I was like, "Ooh, listen to the noise those the keys make!" And I was very you know, intentional and focused on touching the keys. So it's like little things like that where you come back in and, and, and I was like speaking really slowly. I was just much more, you know, super zen, super calm, which was cool. Um, but then one of the first things that Aaron and I did was we watched an episode of The Mandalorian, which is the new Star Wars uh, series on Disney Plus, and we recently had bought a new soundbar, like one that, gives you cinematic sound. And I don't know why, but we decided we would watch that and it just blast, <laughs> blasted this, you know, like all these fight scenes and, you know, spaceships flying around. And I was like, I had my hand out of the blankets. I was like, I can't do this. It was just too much. Um. So if, you know, so it, it is something that you need to be prepared for, uh, that you do need time to readjust back into normal life. And I must say that I, I mean, by now it's been a month actually, exactly a month today that I got back and I think I'm pretty much well adjusted back. So in terms of the learnings, I'm going to share with them with you in a future episode or in future episodes. Um, but I guess to share, you know, did I think I got a lot out of it? I absolutely did. People have asked, would you do it again? And you know, it's funny because like I asked myself that question every day on the course. I kept asking myself, would I do this again? And for the first five days, I was like, hell no, 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 no way. Never going to do this again. Never. Uh -uh." Then on day seven, I was like, "Mm, maybe I could potentially do this again. Then on day 10, I was like, yeah, I'd probably do this again. (laughs) And so I could start to understand why some of the older students have done it you know, multiple times. So, you know, maybe not for a few years, but it's definitely, it would definitely be on the cards for me. So that was my 10 day Vipassana meditation course experience. Definitely one that pushed me way out of my comfort zone in ways that I could never even imagine, um, I learned things that I didn't even realize I needed learning, which is incredibly powerful. And I can't wait to share some of those learnings with you in future episodes. Now, quickly before I leave you, if you have experienced for I would love to hear, you know, what how how it was for you. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me a message, Christina Cantors, or send me an email, cc at the I would love for you to join in on the conversation and I'd be super curious to hear uh, what it was that you got out of it as well. Well, I hope that this has at the very least piqued your interest in not so much doing Vipassana but taking on your own comfort challenge and doing something that maybe is outside your comfort zone, maybe something that makes you feel a little afraid but at the same time you have this feeling within you that it's important to do and that it would be really beneficial for you if you did it. So I will see you, well, I'll talk to you next week, Rockstar, and I'll be sharing with you some some of my lessons from Vipassana. In the meantime, have a fabulous week, take care, and I will talk to you then. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.